What is up, everyone, and welcome back to our Slab Socks Live here on Monday, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Very excited to be back for another live because this week we will be talking about our show experiences. Uh, Nate's from Burbank. Very cool. You have to go to the Burbank Card Show and myself from the Milwaukee Card Show. Um, as you can see there, it says Burbank Card Show Learnings, and then you see the Pfizer form in the background, so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense except for the fact that we will be talking about both shows here on the live stream. Um, looks yeah, like Gabriel and Tech were here well in advance. What do you Such say? Such a thick uh, background. I know. Can you believe that was our booth? You see our wooden cases right there in front of the Pfizer form? How crazy is that? Uh, Nate, I don't know if you saw the this post where I posted the picture of Julian and I, but there's like six comments that was like, you why do does look Aaron fake. look like he's a cardboard cutout? You look 100% fake. I don't know. It's because the sun hitting your face makes it look like, and your arm. I, yeah. The, and you have no, like a, it, there's like no depth past your shoulder so it's very strange the, the sun was coming through the ceiling because it's a glass ceiling so it was it just like made it so that it was like super shiny right i mean i'm pretty sure someone's right on me but behind it it was dark because there was like different things blocking it yeah it makes it look very odd i agree but no i was actually there um it did actually happen and it was a great time so we'll talk about that today uh before getting into the episode i just want to give a shout out to everyone that submitted for our 215 uh sgc submission so it goes out in two days, um, it gets mailed on the 15th. I guess if you were to put an order through right now and you're on the West Coast and you overnight the package to get to us by tomorrow, you can still order for it. Um, but other than that, it's pretty much closed at this point. The next submission will be the 28th of February. So there is no 30 days in February. It's going to be the 28th that ships out. And uh, the last thing I have to say about SEC submissions until later is that right after this episode, um, we will be doing the reveal for the January 30th submission. And they will start to be shipped tomorrow. And I'm pretty sure all of them will get shipped out tomorrow. Um, so join me today at 5.50 p.m. Central Time if you want to. This will be a 45-minute episode today. What's up, 219 Breaks? And what's up, Alexander or Alexandre? Thank you for being here. And uh, also, oh, I was expecting a, a video that's dope you guys streaming and showing your video of the Burbank show. So there will be a video that's going to come out about some of Nate's experiences of the Burbank show. Um, we're just going to talk about it a little bit more like the takeaway section of it than like, uh, hey, here's what I did. Um, so I guess yeah. multiple content formats for you if you like shows and learn, hearing about them. Um, and now for our first segment today, we will be doing a buy it or sell it segment on each of the different sports that we cover and talk about here at Slab Stock. So first up, we have got football. I would love to hear people's takes on all these different buy it or sell it, by the way. And I'll tee up these uh, questions other than baseball because Nate did baseball. I did the rest. But for football, this is what I have for buy it or sell it. My question is, are you buying or selling Jalen Hurts compared to? to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I saw a comment on our Instagram post say that's like, I just can't believe how much lower Jalen Hurts' cards are than Burrow and Herbert when you know he does extremely well. He made it to the Super Bowl, just like Burrow made it to the Super Bowl last year. He was extremely impressive in the Super Bowl, I have to say, watching it. Made big throws, made big runs, scored four touchdowns. Uh, Nate, I don't know if you know this, he's actually the highest point scorer in a Super Bowl game ever, tied with James White. Three touchdowns and a two-point conversion that gets 20 points. I did so, not know that. That's impressive. So, little fun fact for everyone. Um, but what you see here on the screen, this is difficult, right? These are gold prisms out of 10, and they all are different grades. So, most recently, there was a PSA 8 of Burrow that sold for 27K and a BGS 9 of Herbert that sold for 31K on the same day. Now, a BGS 9 of Burrow would sell for more than a Herbert, um, in my mind. And we haven't had a Jalen Hurts gold prism sell uh, except for a PSA 10 on November 27th, which as you can see, the card layer value puts at 50K right now. 
Um, but a PSA 10 of either Burr or Herbert, I have to assume based off of the other values here will be much higher than 50 K that Hertz would sell for. Uh, and I guess my question, Nate, and for the chat is, are you buying or selling Hertz compared to these other two guys? Are you selling the high and saying, Oh no, you know, Burrow longer term, better quarterback, more success or Herbert too, if you think, or are you like, no, I saw enough to say I'll pay the cheaper prices on Herbert. And, uh, even with him losing the Super Bowl. I'm trying to – don't get me wrong here. I'm trying to figure out what your question was in my head by running back everything, and I just can't figure it out. Okay, so basically right now I think a silver PSA 10 of all these guys basically is ranked like Burrow, Herbert, that Hurts. Okay. When Hurts has had as much success as any of them up to this point, at least from like a more, team more, more success. More, be, better than, performance. Than, than Herbert. Yeah, well, more than Herbert, but let's say like on a similar playing field as Hurt or Burrow right now, from a success standpoint, I guess. So, what do you, what do you pay? What do you what do you buy Hurts for less, or are you more confident in one of the other two guys actually becoming like a, a longer term successful quarterback? Um, I don't know. That's why, the, that's why the prices are like they are. I think people have more confidence in Burrow or Herbert becoming a longer term success option. Hurts is so, you know, I didn't think, I, I honestly, I didn't think he was going to be a very good. NFL QB and I turned out to be very wrong. Um, but Alabama gave up on him. Oklahoma took him in. He did really well, but he wasn't a first round pick. He becomes a second round pick. Then it didn't really seem like the Eagles wanted him. Uh, and they grabbed Gardner Minshew and it seemed like uh, maybe they don't really think he's the starter. And then all of a sudden he's leading the team to a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, he's been undervalued by me. And also a lot of other people every step of the way, and yet here he is in the Super Bowl. I feel like at this point, it's a what have you done for me lately league, and I'd rather have Hertz and Burrow than Herbert for sure. All right, here's what my point, a little bit better illustrated than the Golds. I just thought it was interesting in the Gold sales, but this graph right here has the three quarterbacks on the same plane, and I'm just going to scroll down and make it very simple. Burrow, twenty-one thousand, or sorry. 2,150 for silver PSA 10 Herbert 1600 and Hertz 915. Now there are a few more Hertz than Herbert's. So maybe a little bit more value comes out of the Herbert being a little bit lower population. So, uh, you know, less, less money spread out, but you can pretty much see the fact that people just aren't putting him in that class, even with making the super bowl, even with being top two in MVP, even with having a massive super bowl performance. So I guess in reality, I'm like, does his cards actually fall this offseason? If they fall, they're just going to fall further down the ladder compared to these other two players, which I think is just interesting to think about. And I'm no football card collector or buyer, so I don't, I'm don't. i not going to obviously like recommend you what to do. It's just something to watch, I think. Uh, very interesting. And Dave's cards, 32, thanks for being here. So I take Hurts over Herbert. Herbert's division is tougher with now with Denver getting better coaching and Mahomes being Mahomes. Plus the Raiders probably draft a QB and come up in three years. And he also says Chargers, Chargers are going to lose key guys due to the uh, cap NFC East is good, but not to the level of the AFC West. So can't uh, real quick. Can't you also make that same argument for the Eagles though? That they'll um, have to pay Hertz eventually. Hertz is about to Hertz was on like a million dollar salary and it's going to need to get paid. Um, and they were, they spent a ton of money on short-term contracts in these last couple of years to try to get to this point. I feel like you could make the same argument that the Eagles are in, in just as much trouble as the chargers. And they, 
Uh, Matthew says, doesn't Hurts have a better receiving court offensive line than Herbert? I would say, well, the Chargers had nice weapons. The Eagles definitely had better weapons. Two really good running backs, a really good tight end, at least two really good receivers. Um, either way, I mean, it it still is almost half the value of Herbert. Like, it's not very close right now. Uh, so, to me, like, to me, I don't really know. I think it's an interesting question for everyone to think about. I think, uh, you know, based on what I saw in the Super Bowl, he can definitely play in the big games. No, no doubt about it. So I would like to see what he does from here, obviously. I think the thing is, is that like Dave brought up and Nate brought up, it gets tougher as you get better and your teams have to spend more money on you, which is why Mahomes is so impressive too that he won mm-hmm. right now with, with a team that's clearly inferior talent-wise to what it was when he won his last one. Um, so it's very impressive to say the least. Yeah. Dave says differences, Eagles have depth in spots where they can let guys go and have in-house replacements like the D-line. That's fair. Um, that's a fair point, Dave. Nice point. But – but again, I I point out that they were just runners up in the Super Bowl, and obviously they could have won it. But when you are detracting from your team and not adding, even if it's spots where you have depth, that is an issue. They drafted really well when they drafted Nelson Aguilar and also uh, that other receiver. I can't remember what his name was. <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. Um, uh, it's... The kid they sent to the, the kid they sent to the. Uh... He's from USC, I think. Vikings. Oh, Jalen Rager, Rieger, whatever. Jalen Rager. But there's also another receiver I was thinking about too. I think they've really missed other receivers other than Devonta Smith. And uh, I mean, true that there's more positions obviously at NFL than just wide Correct. receiver. <laughs> just giving you a hard time. Uh, baseball. So Nate, kind of similar vein here. What are we looking at? Um, well, I just found this to be a absurd, <laughs> absurd scenario here. So. These were all within the last two days, February 12th, February 11th, February 11th. And you've got, okay, one's, um, I don't know the, I don't know the subgrades on here by any means. Uh, plus B- or minus 3%. BGS 9.5 refractor of Vlagaro Jr., 2300. BGS 9.5 refractor auto of Ronald Acuna, 2000. BGS 9.5 refractor of Bobby Witt Jr., $3,000. All three now, of those cards, all three of them have a nine subgrade, so it's irrelevant, by the way. Yeah, let me let me lead you through um, a little bit of stats here, okay? Ron okay. Lacuna for his career, seventeen point six wins above replacement. Vlagaro Jr. thirteen point four. Bobby Witt Jr. zero point eight. Bobby Witt Jr. in his age twenty two season, zero point eight wins above replacement. In Ronald Lacuna's age twenty two season, he was worth two point three. And dealt in only 46 games. Because, oh, actually 46 games because of 2020. In Vlagaro Jr.'s age 2022 season, he had a 1,002 OPS, 48 home runs. Um, in Bobby Witt Jr.'s age 22 season, he had a 10, or 722 OPS and a 102 OPS plus. Now, I get that one is, a, one is a first baseman, one is an outfielder, and Bobby Witt is a shortstop. But come on. <laughs> come on. It doesn't make sense. Like we're talking about we're talking about either saving seven hundred dollars and grabbing Vlad, saving a thousand dollars and grabbing Ronald Lacuna. Both of these guys have yet to have Ron Lacuna's worst year from war was two point three in the forty six games and then last year at two point eight. Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s worst year by war was 0.6 in 60 games as a tw- in 2020. 
in uh, the uh, in the COVID shortened year. What are we doing? So I want to know what would you choose? Would you choose? Uh, it it was it was it was not there. Oh well, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Not in the minor leagues, in a minor league stadium because they didn't play home games. Um, yes, but that doesn't that doesn't uh, detract from the value of Vlagero Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr. Significantly better both careers and in age twenty twenty seasons or in their age twenty twenty two seasons, and yet Bobby Witt Jr. somehow a thousand dollars more than Acuna, seven hundred dollars more than Vlad. Make it make sense, to me, Aaron. I, I I think what's funny is someone listening on podcasts right now will have listened to you have an exchange with Dave without saying any of his comments, so they probably think that like I was muted or something. Oh, <laughs> Dad, uh, Dave said. Wasn't Vlad's 2020-year-old year old season in a minor league stadium? And yet, because of because of the COVID issues, uh, Dave, in Canada. Dave absolutely rattled Nate with that comment. <laughs> but no, I I see what you're saying. Um, I I'm no stat expert, obviously, but to me, just based on the values and based off of like where kind of their peaks of the markets were, and like potential would be like super super superstar i almost feel like ronald acuna at the cheapest price on the screen is the best option i know that vlad's an absolute stud but i still feel like the not really playing in the in the best position on the field will mess with it a little bit as he ages you know like as we see what happens to freddie freeman paul goldschmidt all these other guys who are obviously a lot older they're a lot older but the point is is that as their careers go on it kind of keeps on detracting some value so i'd rather have acuna i think of any of these players me too, and the thousand bucks, yeah, and the thousand bucks. I now there is there is real concern about injuries with Acuna. Yeah. So yeah, he's had some injuries. Um, let us know in the comments if you have any thoughts on the baseball outside of Dave, because um, he obviously we're going to try to trying to mess him up. <laughs> Just kidding, Dave. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting comparison there for baseball. Thanks, Nate. On to basketball. On to basketball. <coughs> Excuse me. So we've got the Kevin Durant refractor rookie off fourteen ninety nine PSA nine here from two thousand seven. Um, of course, the biggest trade piece of the entire trade deadline, moving from the Nets to the Suns. Suns now are kind of in the realm of what the Nets were, never really seeing them play yet, instantly getting them vaulted into the uh, NBA championship discussion. And the most recent sale or most recent sales, <coughs> I'm going to have to go get some water, but the most recent sales were the lowest that they've been since 2020. So, Nate, you tell me, what do you think is going to happen with Katie on the Suns? I mean... I don't know. We're betting on Chris Paul's 37. Aaron's not here to to confirm that, but KD's 35. Chris Paul's 37. Do I really want to bet on those two guys being healthy at the same time um, through the entire playoffs? I don't, uh, personally. I know you have Devin Booker, significantly younger, very, very good. But for me, it's like, it's like on paper, on paper, they're amazing. Just like on paper, the Nets were amazing, but on paper doesn't win you championships on paper. The Eagles had the better offensive line, the better defensive line, the better corner um, secondary, the better wide receivers. The only thing they didn't have better was a tight end and a, and a quarterback and they lost. And so for me, you know, I gotta, I gotta see what happens um, before I would even try to make a prediction because 
on paper they look good, but we've seen that fail so many times. And what Doncic, the ones that are D Nick, the one I, I say Doncic because it looks like it, but Suns have almost no defense. KD getting injured a lot lately, and yeah, KD has missed some time. Um, to me, it's like I know that these like talents put together look exciting, but like if you have no depth and no defense, it's not going to be easy to win in the playoffs. And um, I, I wouldn't even be shocked if they don't make it out of the West. I think, you know, not even talking about winning a finals, but making it out of the West. I think that like the Nuggets lineup right now is is absolutely cooking with Murray healthy. I know that they're not they, like Jokic has missed some games and they're like five and five over the, their last 10, but they definitely have one of the best rosters in the NBA. Uh, to me, it you know also- why? Why? Christian Braun. All right, moving on. <laughs> Nate with his uh, Jayhawks pumping in here. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to see what happens here. I think a lot of people, there's been a lot of talks still. Why are KD's cards so cheap? He's so good. I agree. Kevin Durant is a beast when he's playing. Um, like I said, I think one of the best scorers of all time. But fan base matters so much with cards. People spend money on your cards to have them. And when there's no last person to have them because you don't have a fan base, the cards drop in value when people just keep on trading hands. Like You can see how many times this card is sold in the last year even there's so many dots on that line um going back to the last year and a half so that's what i'm thinking uh yeah max uh don't hate on the psg where i got for super super cheap at the pele store in florida but also i mean Messi's on psg so i have to support them and and dave is correct he said don't teams only play seven to eight man rotations in the playoffs they do depth isn't as important once you get to the playoffs um yeah he's right but also like you need, I mean, seven to eight matters a lot, not four. <laughs> yeah. And Dave is right as well. Being likable matters too. I don't know how many people like Durant anymore compared to 24 months ago. I'd even say compared to like three, four, four or five years ago. Oh, I look at Nate coming around on KD. I kind of appreciate Kevin Durant's uh, online presence. <laughs> it's absurd, but it's like, Almost somewhat refreshing. Uh, well, from they, like, they, from like, uh, most athletes are buttoned up and like are always trying to protect their uh, protect their, their uh, image. And Kevin Durant's just like, I do not care. I will come after you if I have to <laughs> on Twitter. So I kind of like appreciate it. I don't like necessarily support it. Like I don't, you know, no, uh, you no you wouldn't being, be doing it. Yeah, no point in being rude to people online or in person, but. But at least it's somewhat refreshing. <laughs> Something different. Yeah. All right. Well, for me, if it comes down to buy it or sell it, um, oof. I think I'd sell it, man. I think I'd sell it. Those those values pre twenty twenty, they weren't they weren't up to what it is right now. It's still one hundred fifty one percent gain since twenty nineteen. I'd probably sell it. I mean, I think this card could get back to twenty nineteen value pretty easily if the Suns don't do well. So that's what I'd say. All right, uh, we got to go a little bit quicker through these last few. So soccer, buy it or sell it. Uh, we got early Holland here. This is the on-card auto off 44 PSA 8 from Topps Chrome BVB. Uh, this sale is notable on September 11th, 2022, because we bought this card. <laughs> we bought this exact card. And the most recent sale of it is just a little bit lower than when we bought, uh, which is not, not bad considering how some cards have trended over the last four months or five months. And uh, this is a $3,200 sale on January 11th for a PSA 8. This one's a 10 autograph on it, but our auto is also a 10. Um, Nate, the question is, and we can have different answers here. I don't care. 
if we rewound the tape and went back to September 11th, would you have rather have bought this car on September 11th for 34.80 or sold it on September 11th for 34.80, knowing that the value is about the same right now? So knowing that the value is about the same, I would have bought it. You want you want to know why? Why? Because we didn't buy it to sell it from September to January. We didn't buy it to sell it from September to next September. This exactly. is a this was a long term play for us, multiple years, hopefully. Um, and with everything that Holland looked like in the beginning half of the season, if he does that four straight years, five straight years, 10 straight years, and he winds up as a 33 year old going into the back half of his career, as talked about, like Messi is talked about Ronaldo is, this is not a $3,480 card. I'd have to agree with you. I like that breakdown. Now, we got three. One of them, if you watch the video from the UK, I did trade it. I traded into multiple what? different cards. What? You knew that. We talked about it. Which one? The refractor. The P- the BGS 7.5. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah, okay, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, we, we still kept the two better ones for the long term. The Blackout 15, 8.5, and then the PSA 8. Um, was willing to move into some more cards to have some more uh, flexibility. But for these two, I agree with Nate. Long term. Now, the, the thing is, is that the only worry with Holland is that he will end up being on multiple teams throughout his career and have less of a fan base, kind of like a not Kevin Durant for like the reasons he did, but just because there's more fans spread out. But it could be a good thing because he might touch so many different leagues and people. It could create a bigger fan base. I don't know for sure, though, like because I think he ends up in Real Madrid in the next two to three years. I mean, he's been on three teams. Yeah, but remember, he's Norwegian. He came from a small – like, not many people are like Messi where they come up through the Barcelona Academy and play in Barcelona, like, their whole career. Um, most people do at least move from something smaller to something bigger. It's just that he moved to something bigger in Man City, but I could see him moving to something even bigger with, like, Real Madrid at some point. I think a lot of people are confident about that within the next, like, three years. So, it also depends on what happens with Manchester City. Do they actually get sanctions? I don't know. Um, maybe he's on the move quicker he than we think. He should just move to Arsenal, to be fair. Yeah, let's just uh, let's make a swap. I'll swap Lukaku for Holland. There you the go. Uh, I would buy it as well. I'm confident. So, all right, hockey. We're gonna go quick through this. Um, this is David Pasternak. I would sell this, and I'm just gonna get right to it because you're looking at eight hundred ten dollars on August twenty second, twenty twenty two, before the season. The most recent sale is twelve hundred on the SP Authentic Future Watch PSA ten. The Bruins are by far the best team in the NHL this year. He is having a career year, and you gotta take profit when you can on a career year because he's in a contract year. How many times have we seen a player, Nate, be in a contract year, do super well, sign a big contract, and the next year they're not as good? Um, now, I, I don't watch enough hockey to say that that is for sure going to happen. I don't watch him play enough to know that. I'm just using a couple different things from different sports and applying it like, hey, he's doing really well in contract year, making money on cards, take some profit when it's there. That's my opinion. I can't wait to see what Aaron Judge does this year. You know, see, that's, that's a I similar situation. Let's see what Judge does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, good for the Bruins, good for Pasternak and uh, Pasta's his nickname. But uh, just it's nice to see profit on cards in 2023. That's for sure. So I, I take it um, on the F1. This is interesting, Nate. I know you've been ripping a lot of F1. I looked up Fernando Alonso because I was like, OK, he moves from Alpine to Aston Martin. A lot of people were just shocked by the move because Aston Martin hasn't been good. They got the, the son, Lance Stroll, driving for them. It seems kind of like a villain team now. Alonso's won two world championships, but also kind of like the F1 villain at like 43 years old. Um, is it worth buying or selling his most recent auto going into the year? Now, 
I, I'm not even going to talk really about the team landscape because I found it so intriguing. Nate, there's been two, two non-numbered refractor autos to sell of Fernando Alonso from this set. There has been two gold wave autos to sell, and there's one more listed. There's no more refractor autos listed, I'm pretty sure, and there's two orange autos listed out of 25. Basically, the same amount of refractor autos, non-numbered, have been listed or sold than the oranges out of 25. Well, I can tell you why that is. Yeah, let's hear it. Because I'm three boxes away from having ripped through three cases of Topps Chrome. Anybody have a guess at how many F1 autos I hit? Uh, not a one. No, one. I hit well, one. Was it Mike Crack? A team principal. Yeah, was it Mike Crack? I don't remember who it was, but <laughs> uh, one team principal. And who knows what the last three boxes have? There should be an auto or two in those um, still. But uh, that's pretty rough. If if I don't hit a single F1 driver, we're talking 36 boxes, one team principal F1 auto, every other auto, F2. At least you've hit some decent F2. At, you know, there's some decent F2. Not at all, but yeah. are not, they're not all bad. But still, I mean, you're right. The, the F1 autos are rare. But to me, this is what it's telling me. First of all, there's two different ways that this can go. One, Product is more expensive and there's more good autos in there itself for more value. So then you have to pay more money to rip the product, which is kind of a downside. But the flip side, they're so hard to get that maybe you never hit it. However, it does help the value stay up. Like the fact that our non-number refractor auto of, of Alonzo is $520 from 2022, I think it's pretty solid. Um, now that also kind of speaks to me like, hey, if it's really that hard to hit, I'm buying that all day. I'm buying yeah. 520 all day if there's only two that have been listed. Uh, to me, I'd rather have the gold wave auto though. Color just it it it's nice. I like color. I like numbered cards. Hey, um, this this re- really reminds me real quick. Um, have you pulled any one of ones lately? Uh, within the last two yeah. weeks. Oh, I I pulled the Harry Kane like three weeks ago. Yeah, with last two weeks. Not the last no, two no. weeks. So. No. Oh. no. <laughs> How many are you hit? Four. Uh, wait. Are you talking about the out of four printing plates? I'm. They're out of one. I'm the ones, that, the ones that are the ones that are easier to hit than a gold out of fifty. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, always taking his chance to boast when he can. I bet there's another one. I bet there's another printing plate in these last three boxes. I wouldn't be surprised. One every three boxes. Yep. Um. All right. So that was it for buy or sell it uh, on this stream. Max Alonzo, one of one was pulled. Wow, that's a sick card. Super Fractor Auto. Nate's found the Botas at Burbank. Yeah, I, I did. Auto. It, it, I, I had it in my hands. Thank you, Max, for putting him in his place. Printing plates don't count. Whoa, Thank Max. You, Max, some people say you don't count. <laughs> Aaron. It was Aaron. He said it. <laughs> did not say that. What's up, Carlo? Good to see you. Uh, SEC Slab Reveal coming up right after this. I don't know if you have cards in the one in the 130, but I know you do in the 215, I think. Uh, but moving on to our yeah, show. Real quick, before we move yeah. on, real quick, for Max and you, Okay, assume that printing plates don't count, but what if you pull three in one case? Yeah, that's impressive. It's impressive. Okay. Then it's basically like a real one of one. Actually, no, you have to hit a fourth. You have to hit a fourth to count it as a one of one. You need four. All right, fine. (laughs) Come on. Nate's like, I better have another one of this. Um, Moving on to card show learning. So this is obviously what the title of the stream is um, and what the cover photo is. We've got about a little bit over 15 minutes right now to debrief. Um, we'll let Nate take take a lot of the shine here. So, Nate, just walk us through what you got here and uh, talk about Burbank takeaways and what you saw and, and how exciting it was, I guess. 
Um, number one, venue was great. Hotels around, which was nice. A couple places to eat within walking distance, which was good. Um, specifically, specifically, uh, hotel lobby food, but you know, it's still there, still able to eat there. So that was cool. Um, the venue was big, 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 big room. It was, it was not the size of the national, obviously, but there was quite a few tables. I mean, we're just looking at like a small portion here of the tables. There was a significant amount of tables. I don't know. I don't have the the numbers, but I bet there's over 200. I would I would think um, each vendor oh, had two to over three. 200 over 200 vendors. Yeah, I would think so. Um, at least that's what it felt like. I, I don't quote me on that. Um, and it was busy. It was constantly busy. Uh, there was people everywhere. There's people at every single booth. It was hard to find booths that were open to look at cards, which is good for sellers and good for buyers because that means they're probably moving cards, picking up new cards. What you saw one day, you might not see the next day, or you might see new stuff the next day, um, which was cool. And uh, close to 400 tables. <laughs> there you go. Way bigger than what I just predicted it. Uh, they had the event, the um what word am i looking for corporate around the outside instead of in the direct middle so you know if you didn't want to have to deal with anything corporate or if you did you know you knew where to go number one like i needed to drop some cards off of pwcc knew where to go outside wall um stuff like that so that was cool instead of having them directly in the middle and then having to walk around that area if you don't need to use them like at the national and uh, from everyone I talked to, people were buying like crazy, just buying like crazy. Like the the fifty to three hundred, four hundred dollar cards were flying. Um, thousand plus, I heard from people that they weren't they weren't it wasn't too crazy, but the the expensive but not uber expensive cards were flying like hotcakes. And no. Jay says. There you go. Any vintage non-sport approx percentage observed? Um, so there, there was not a ton of vintage booths. You know how you go to the National and there's those vintage booths where it's just a ton, a ton of 1950s, 1960s cards? Yeah, it's easy to tell because they let them pick first as they've been there the longest, so they're all at the front of the show, so you have to walk through right away. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot of that. There was, there was some vintage cards, but not a lot. Um, there was some booths with just Pokemon. There was some booths, LA card guy, uh, with just Star Wars. And I actually have some pictures of cards you can swipe through, Aaron, if you want. Yep. yep. Uh, um, you know, there's premium, premium football. Uh, you can see the black one. One. There's premium soccer. There's premium F1. There. There was factors. Yep. I guess the the Brita looks amazing. Looks great. Yes, it does. UFC booths. Uh, there was Star Wars. This wasn't even at LA Card Guy's booth. He had a whole like Star Wars booth. Um, and then there's the card I bought. The that is that is the size of like four cards on the right with the uh, Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka auto. So cool. Um, the the autos are great, especially Ahsoka's. Like that's such a good auto on there. Ashley Eckstein. You know who she's married to, or Eckstein? Uh, no. David Eckstein. He is a former baseball player. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I don't know. 
Uh, but all I know is that she signed both both names, the real name and character. Does that does that every for every auto and uh, LA card guy David was like, that's actually really nice that it's a huge card because most of the time she does that and then it just takes up the entire card. Yeah. Um. That looks sweet. And so yeah, so uh, and there was hockey booths, whole hockey booths. There was whole soccer booths. Everything you could have wanted was at this show. That's good. Um, yeah. And I only saw one wax booth. You know how oh, usually you walk past a ton of wax booths and it's like, yeah, yeah, because they got all the retailers normally, like all the DA and blowout and yada yada. Yeah. So that's oh, and then and then a couple a couple random things. Um, Frank Kaminsky for Aaron Gold wasn't expecting to see that. Aaron passed it up. Wait, did you throw out a fifty dollar offer or no? I, I didn't. I got distracted. He's like, you want this? I said, if you can get it for fifty, didn't even yeah, give me yeah. a shot. Um. And then, and then this cool card. Have you ever seen this? This is a mini booklet. I was gonna say it looks mini to me. <laughs> a mini booklet of un unnumbered mini booklet dual auto of Otani and Pujols. Did that come out of a normal top set or out of a mini box? Because like, imagine you're opening a mini box. Like, oh, yeah, I probably got some random, you know, minis in here. Then Pujols, Otani, Pujols auto. That's sick. Yeah, I mean, just crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Had to take a picture. The guy didn't even really know what it was from. That's just crazy. found it online and bought it. Who's and there's LA card guy. Ah, there we go. He oh, was, I, you had told me to take pictures with people and I completely forgot until this moment. And then I took one picture. And so I figured <laughs> I'd throw it in there. There we go. LA card guy, big uh, uh, Star Wars collector, big Johnson's LA card guy is an awesome Star Wars collector. So shout out to LA card guy for being at Burbank. There we go. Nate, overall, rate the experience one to 10. Over, overall, I'd say eight out of ten. Um, my my maybe only qualms was that it could have used a bigger room, so there was just a little bit more space to get between. Um, and the car, the trade night was in just way too small of a. I went into trade night. I tried to look around. It was packed. I had a hard time even getting through the rows, and then I was like, "I'm not dealing with this," and I left because it was just it was so it was so packed that there was there was rows you couldn't get down i had to go like this and then like all the way around the room multiple different ways just to be able to get out of the room like a maze yeah um funny enough is that they last time it was the thoughts was the show was way too packed i wasn't there neither was nate but i heard a lot like hit hey, way too small a venue they upped the venue a lot obviously still a little too small i gotta say that's a good like it's obviously like nice space is nice but as a show to know that it's a packed room to know that people came out to see what's there that's got to be a good feeling, I got to mm -hmm. say. Um, the center fielder said Burbank show was dope. And uh, if any anyone else was there, uh, please let us know. And Oscar says Milwaukee show is also pretty crowded. And we will talk or I will talk about that next. Um, Nate, thanks for uh, going to Burbank. Thanks for the review. And uh, hopefully I can make it to the next one or something like that. I can see some of you there that go. Um, oh, next one is at Anaheim. So Nate will get his wish. Looks like they're up in it again, going bigger. I wonder if it's going to be at the national venue that used to be in Anaheim. Um, well, and honestly, a lot, a lot of people have been asking for a long time, like, why is the National not coming to the West Coast? Well, Burbank took that opportunity to kind of step right in, and it looks like yeah. it's a good idea. Good for them. Also, they had a cool uh, – uh, Burbank itself had a cool area. I don't know if you saw C. Blaise's video. I didn't really cover it myself. I kind of um, did, yeah, where they are buying the whole show. Where they just had an area where they are buying. Now, obviously, I don't know what prices they were giving people, but the fact that people could bring their cards in – 
and sell them to Burbank and get money guaranteed. Pretty cool. Jay says, so how would you all solve the problem of trade nights? Everyone loves them from show promoters, dealers, collectors, patrons. How to make a great trade night can the problem be solved? So, Jay, that's a great question. Obviously, Ryan's at the National and Jimmy's. Um, they, Kentucky Basketball Cards also does that. Uh, they get packed fast, and the venue has to be huge. I know that you know a lot of people have done a lot of great stuff to try to up the venues and make sure enough people can get in. Unfortunately, I think the reality is, is that sometimes these shows are just so crowded that you can't sufficiently hold a big enough trade night where everyone can get there. You'd have to hold um, the trade night on the event floor, at which point it's just an extended. Yeah. Extended hours of the show. Yeah. Um, to, to me, I think that sometimes like the impromptu trade nights, like all oh, these places do an amazing job. I know that throwing events is not easy. They do a great job. Ryan, Kentucky basketball cards, Kentucky Roadshow. That's just too many people sometimes. Um, and they can't really do anything about that. But to me, some of the best trade nights are like the impromptu ones where you're in the hallway of between Bally's and whatever hotel we stayed at in at the Atlantic City. And you mm-hmm. just have people who just kind of like fill up the space to where it's not like maybe marketed as everyone's got to come to this, but it just kind of happens. And then collectors walk down from their rooms and deals are happening. Like those to me um, kind of help support, I'd say, the bigger ones. Um, it kind of allows everyone to get involved. And once again, I love Ryan. I love Jimmy. I love Kentucky Roadshow. Some things are just out of everyone's control, obviously. But those things can definitely help support it. And uh, kudos to them for even trying to throw those events because that's it's a lot. And uh, yeah, they I, do a great job. I wouldn't want to take it on. And and honestly, I have no, you know, you have some ideas. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't have any ideas on how to fix it. Because, of course, people, especially people that don't have booths, well, they're going to want to be able to set up a little table and show off their wares and, you know, make some deals and maybe make some cash without having to sell it to a dealer. Right. Yeah. And you get, you know, a hundred thousand people that walk through on a weekend and you've got a trade night every week at night, you know, there's say there's 20,000 people that walk through in a day. A thousand of those people are probably going to want to try to set up a trade night if they can or 500. And then you just yeah. have an absolutely packed room. And that's more, that's even more than dealers. That's more than there are dealers, you know? So yeah, just packed houses, but uh can be a fun time. Now, for me, like, I'd say if you are doing going to trade nights, like, my biggest thing is, like, always be careful with where your cards are. I know a lot of people like to lay out their cards. For me, I don't know. Maybe I'm just more, like, I don't want to say skeptical because I, I like to believe that everyone's good deep down. But, you know, things can get swiped very easily at trade nights. I've heard that in the past when there's just too many people. So just always be careful. Um, always have a, an eye out. Now for the Milwaukee card show. So I've got a few minutes to do this. So basically – um, Pfizer form in the background. This was the best. I know it's not the biggest. It's not the national. It's not the Atlantic city. It's not Burbank. This was the single best location I've ever set up at a sports card show because we were in an all glass building in the deer district, right across from the Pfizer forum. I set up in the corner with Julian there with uh, Papa slabs. It was an amazing time. Honestly, I knew the, who was running the show. Um, talked to him a while ago about it. He wanted to do a show at the Pfizer forum, invite us to come to it. And I got to say, like, I knew he was going to do a good job from the events capacity. I wasn't exactly sure how many cards would be selling, how many cards we get for SEC Gray. It was the first time I ever set up to take in-person submissions at a show. My expectations were blown away from how many people came to this. They were, like, very into cards. Um, sold multiple thousands of dollars worth of cards. Sold multiple, you know, a lot of volume. Small dollar, big dollar. Did a bunch of trades. Um, it was just very active. And the show was only six hours long. So it was from 11 a.m. till noon for VIP and from 12 to 5 
for general admission. Um, and it, it was a packed time. There's Julian set up at our SGC submission center. Um, to be completely fair, he didn't do a single submission. I did the submissions, but I needed him in the picture to, to look pretty. Uh, he said that he could, he thinks he could be a model after this, Nate. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> Just messing. He doesn't lack confidence. That's for sure. <laughs> no, be, that, that is a kid full of confidence. I'll tell you that much. Um, did it, So he, we took submissions there, which was really cool to see kind of how that works. Cause we're planning to do it at the national say it now. If you want to grade your cards with us through SEC, we, we will take in-person submit in-person submissions at the national of Chicago. Um, we live very close and so we'll securely get them back and everything like that. And then right here, um, this is a collector who immediately bought Phil Foden, Merlin, Gold at 50 for a booth for $25, nothing crazy. But the point is here is that I had a lot of people walk up to the booth and were just like, oh, I love this player or this team. It felt like a lot of people adding cards to the collection. You know, it didn't feel like, awesome. was like, let me buy it here and go sell it to the next guy for Twenty hours more, or whatever it is. So I think when you have those people in rooms, um, it always boosts the the overall feeling, the overall like vibe of the show. Um, nothing better than placing a card in a person's collection, and I always am happy to take dollars off of it too. If someone you know physically tells me, I know maybe someone walks up and just tells me at the national and tries to get a better deal now on the card. But at the same time, I mean, I just really enjoy um, selling cards and trading cards to people who who love players and teams. Uh, Jay says is that is that picture at Milwaukee? Is that twenty foot glass wall room? Amazing. Uh, it's way bigger than 20 feet. It spans way down to the far back there. Now, this room wasn't Burbank, like I said, venue, but it was, it was plenty big, 50 tables in there. I'm inside a glass room. And uh, next thing, too, it's like the collector's spirit was high. I mean, to see someone walk up with a case to my booth, it was uh, um, a lady who had a Miss Sports Cards and a sticker on her case. I just saw it. I'm like, well, it's so crazy. Like, hey, to think like how far, like, you know, people we know and friends we have how they just span to everyone like in our area or outside of our area. Oh, I see 20 feet tall. Yeah, it was definitely like 20 feet tall. Um, all glass on top too, like some coming through the top. So that was cool to see. And then this honestly, like outside of the people, outside of doing deals or whatever, like this was the highlight of the show for me. Um, and the fact that someone walked up to our booth, knew slab stocks and trusted slab stocks enough to hand me over $100,000 in sports cards. There was three more outside of this. There's a one-of-one one Trout Platinum from Topps. Um, there was a Blue Shimmer Giannis Championship card from Prism of eight or whatever they're numbered of. And then a Curry Refractor out 500 PS9 rookie that also came with these three. Six cards for our Slab Stocks grading service with SGC. Um, you're literally looking at like $100,000 in cards and all of them will be graded for $18 per card. There's no upcharges on any of these modern cards, which is just, just incredible. Um, so it's really cool to see. I mean, you have to, Alyssa, there we go. Alyssa's in the chat. Yeah. That is uh, the lady that had missed sports card sticker. That's just so crazy. Like how all this stuff connects. Um, so cool. Did multiple, like Alyssa both graded cards with us, um, sold cards to me, and then also bought cards from us. So like, Alyssa, thank you for doing all the deals of the show and everything. Like that is just so much fun to interact with people like Alyssa who come here to the streams to watch and to, you know, to, to hang out. It's a great time. And Dave is very correct here. I mean, you said $100,000 worth of cards. Yeah. You grade those with PSA. I bet no matter what the grade is, they're upcharging you guaranteed. Oh, guaranteed. That Dirk might get an SEC 8, but if it got PSA, it'd still get a $1,000, $2,000 upcharge. Also, shout uh, Alyssa right here. I got the card right next to me. I bought a Pierre Gasly. This is from his only race with his career. Uh, PSA 10 Chartreuse from 2021 Sapphire. So thank He's you. only what? His only win in his career so far. Woof. 
Uh, do you know what it takes to drive an Alpha Tori to the finish line and win? <laughs> um, and yeah, Dave said you're looking at $5,000 or more in grain fees for those three cards elsewhere, depending on how that Soto does. So Soto PSA 10 sold for $25,000 Nate, the last sale, and they don't pop up. This is the lowest numbered Soto card you can get outside of the Super Fractor. Um, this is number out of 25 from the update, but you can get the Super Fractor, and that's the, the next lowest number. I'm pretty sure Red Dot 25 is the second lowest, which is crazy. Uh, so overall, I got to give it, like like I said, like I'm not comparing this to the National. So let's say if a 10 is the National, then this is probably like a, you know, it was a 7 for an amazing local show. But comparing this to what the expectations were in a local show, like this was a 10. Like this was such a great time. Here, here's my question for you. Yeah. Don't compare it to the national. Compare it to local shows. How yeah, was no. it compared to the Root River Bowling Alley show? Oh, this thing was like a million, million, million times better. This was by How far was it compared out there. to the Oak Creek show. I would say that the Oak Creek show just has more vendors there, but this was way better run, way more exciting in my mind. And also, I've never set up at Oak Creek, so I can't really speak to setting up there. But Oak Creek is a good show. Oak Creek's maybe an eight out of ten. This would be like a nine or ten out of ten. In my opinion. How was it compared to that one show that's in that one church randomly in Milwaukee? Oh, Gonzaga show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Way better than that. This was this, and I heard someone else say too who set up this was the best show I've ever been to in Milwaukee. Um, and it sounded like that maybe they set set up at more shows. Um, and to me, this this was the best show I've ever been to in Milwaukee, too. It's amazing. All right. I gotta say, I'm sitting in California. It was nice. The weather was nice. I got to meet a lot of cool people. But the moment I saw that picture of you with Pfizer in the background, I was insanely jealous. <laughs> insanely jealous. It looks like I'm jealous of Nate pulling a Super Fractor box hopper. He's jealous of me setting up in front of Pfizer for him. Yeah, man, it was it was awesome. And I have, Nate, I did hear that the next show, he, uh, I don't know if I can link this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, American Family Field, potentially doing a show in AmFam Field, setting up uh, inside the concourse of your Milwaukee, Chicago, Madison, or even Twin Cities local. Um, I would say it's probably worth the drive um, if you want it, if you want to come. So if that happens, Nate, maybe we got to look at the schedule and see if there's a baseball game we can kind of wrap into it. Yeah. Um, I like that but, idea. No, it's, it sounds pretty sweet. So, he, you know, the, the event runner, his name's Michael. He runs events in Milwaukee for more than just cards. It's what his, his background is. Uh, you could tell he runs events. And I got to say, Nate, you know, sometimes when there's like music at shows, it could be, get a little annoying. Dude, they playing the best songs, like, you know, like good 80s stuff, like just like really good music that like helped the environment of the room versus like uh, completely made it chaotic. <laughs> I was talking to the guys at Young's Cards, um, a couple of brothers and their buddy and very nice guys. And uh, Ryan was complaining that one, one of the guys from the group was complaining about the tag uh, tag music that they were sitting super close. And it was just the same music on loop all day long. Same, same. <laughs> that drives me insane. And no words. Oh, oh, I see. It's just like some type of like techno thing or something. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. That's all we got. Max, we live a long way away. I live in the middle of the country. Nate lives on the thousands far west. of miles. Yeah, he, he lives far west in uh, Washington. But he, I got to say, Nate lived, grew up in Milwaukee, lived in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, like three hours away drive. Um, so he's been close for a while, but now he's out west. Last thing here, last thing. So tonight, I got a half completed whatnot schedule here because I was in the midst of making it when we had to go live. So 
tonight, 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. Nate, right after this soon, is going to be on whatnot, selling budget soccer singles, anything from $5 up to probably like $80, something in that range. Nate will be selling budget soccer singles for you to build your collection, different teams, players, lots. Should be a great time. Lots of low auction prices. Nice. Wait. Um, Wolverhampton, Connor, Cody. Yeah. Ready. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Newcastle, DeAndre Yedlin. Hey, USC used to play for the men's national team. So lots of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely get cards for a nice deal. Go over and pop over to whatnot with Nate. Patch there of is that Ozil? Uh, it's a uh, Darmain, Matteo oh, okay. Darmain. Um, so that's tonight. Tomorrow night, Nate will be doing a few. Mason Mount, good boy, <laughs> nice. Tomorrow night, Nate will be doing a few uh, top Chrome F1 hobby boxes. The ones he said were from the case with the three printing plates. So three three boxes left of that. And then Wednesday night's the big night for us uh, this week. I will be doing uh, like over a hundred different singles, many different low end, medium end, high end soccer cards to celebrate the return of the Champions League as round of 16 is uh, coming back this week, tomorrow. PSG and Bayern play Wednesday, Chelsea, Dortmund play, and then two other teams play on uh, either day. So very excited for that. Uh, streams on Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week as well. Let's check our, our uh, account, look up at Slab Stocks and whatnot. I'm whatnot as Nate is doing a nice little preview window shopping here. Um, as I speak, but that's all we got for uh, this episode of Slab Stocks Live. Uh, I will be doing this the Slab Reveals episode for the January 30th submission in 10 minutes at 6 p.m. Central Time. Appreciate everyone for watching. We'll see you all in the next live stream. See you guys.